Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are 1 Timothy 1-6. through Hint, if you start reading and it doesn't seem to match up with my notes, turn back a few pages because you've ended up in 2 Timothy instead of 1 Timothy, as I keep doing. Rabbit Trails Timothy's Greek name is Timotheos, which means honoring God. 1 Timothy is a personal letter of encouragement in which Paul shares some of his opinions and ideas that will lead to the greatest hope for success for Timothy in his endeavors as a young leader among a fellowship of believers. It is helpful to keep in mind that this letter is written to a specific person and that Paul viewed this person as his son in the faith. Therefore, this advice is highly personalized to Timothy and the specific problems that he was facing. Remember that Timothy had a Jewish mother and a Gentile Greek father. Paul himself circumcised Timothy, and we address the reasoning in doing this back in the Acts 16 notes linked to here. That Timothy was young and would have certainly been viewed by some of the establishment at the time as having one foot in the Gentile world would have warranted special care in how he conducted himself in order to establish and maintain his authority. We will see Paul's attention to that in his letters to Timothy. 1 Timothy 1 verses 3 through 7. It's not about how Jewish one can be that makes one a child of Yahweh. It's about whether your heart is sincerely after the Father. At the time, this was a point of great contention as Gentiles were being welcomed into the faith. Many of those born as chosen people were jealous of this and tried to reject them. Now, we've spoken at length on this, so I'll leave it there, but obviously this is a deeper subject that requires a full reading of the Word to understand the nuances and culture. Acts Acts chapters 10 through 11 being key to that understanding. In 1 Timothy 1 verses 8 through 11, Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane. This sentence goes on to describe many sins. I cannot possibly imagine us not seeing ourselves in these. We have to train ourselves when we see a listing of sins and grievances against the Father to instinctively look for what applies to us rather than what applies to others. From there, we take it to the Father and ask for His help in combating this sin so that we may grow more and more like our Messiah each day. Remember, the Bible is meant to be used as a mirror in which to see ourselves, not a microscope to examine others with. 1 Timothy 1 verses 8 through 9. This is another opportunity to consider the meanings of nomos versus anomos that we've discussed a few times lately. Paul is using these words again in our passages today, and so we'll discuss them briefly again since Paul is being repetitive as well. Now, I have a link here on Bible Hub for you to click in a particular verse, 1 Timothy 1 9, and you'll see that nomos means law and anomos means lawless. 
Let's dig deeper to really understand these words better. Think about the words moral and amoral. A moral person is a person who recognizes certain principles of morality and abides by these principles. An amoral person is a person who does not recognize these moral principles as binding or applicable to themselves. So it's the same with nomos. Nomos means law, so a nomos person is one who abides by the law, in this case, Yahweh's law. An anomos, or lawless person, is a person who does not recognize the law as binding or applicable to themselves. Think about that a minute. Have you ever heard, or perhaps even said, we aren't under the law? The law is for the Jews, not us. I've heard and said both of those statements before. Now think about the meaning of anomos. Lawless. The law doesn't apply to us. Now let's read my notes in 1 Timothy 1 verses 8 through 11 above and see if we can connect the dots. Quoting myself in these notes here. I think we are quick to read things being called out and immediately not in relation to seeing them in others, but I cannot possibly imagine us not seeing ourselves in these. I see my past self in the lawless, in 1 Timothy 1.9. In Paul's words, so the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good, Romans 7.12. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Romans 3.31 In the words of our Messiah in Matthew 5 verses 17 through 19 Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore. Whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Remember from our reading the other day when we found the misquoted words of the law was nailed to the cross to actually read that the debt for our breaking the law is what was nailed to the cross? Colossians 2.14 By canceling the record of our debt that stood against us with its legal commands, demands this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. This verse helps to bring a lot more into focus. 1 Timothy 2.12 This letter is Paul offering responses to questions and issues that Timothy was dealing with with a particular congregation. Unfortunately, we do not know those questions or issues, only Paul's answers. These particular passages really seem to give us an obvious only half of the story. Notice the sentence begins with I, as in Paul referencing himself, not Yahweh, not Messiah. Remember that the Father appointed women as judges, prophets, and apostles when you're approaching this verse. That's 1 Timothy 2.12 I'm referring to again. There are different traditions and doctrines on this that have been passed down for generations, and I have no desire or inclination to dispute those with anyone. Search scriptures and come to what conclusion you will. I'll just love you and be grateful to read the Bible alongside you regardless. 1 Timothy 3.8 The Greek word used here is diakonos, which simply means someone who is a servant or provides a service. It can be either a masculine or a feminine term. That's 1 Timothy 3.8. 1 Timothy 4.3 Specific choice of words is important here. 
Just a note that this is referring to what Yahweh deems food. Just as we consider green beans to be food, but poison ivy not to be food. Cows to be food, but cats not to be food. So does Yahweh deem some animals to be food and some not. There is a common thought that we can pray over anything and make it clean. And I think a great deal of that comes from the translation of this verse. That reasoning could then be applied to cannibalism, poisonous plants, etc. As Paul says, test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 Now, remember, Paul praised those who tested his teachings against Scripture. Acts 17.11 And at the time, Scripture consisted only of what we call the Old Testament. I believe we bring honor to Paul by doing so, by holding his words up to the straight edge of Yahweh's word, rather than holding his word up as the straight edge and trying to meld Yahweh's word to fit, as so many have tragically done. Yahweh's word is our straight edge to which all other writings and doctrine and perceptions must line up. Never the other way around. As Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, verses 3 through 4, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He held himself to that standard and praised those who did the same. 1 Timothy 6 ends out this letter with an urging for Timothy to flee all manner of evil things and pursue all manner of righteous things. And so should we. What a blessing that the Father makes this so clear from us. I'm a bit lacking in the sleep department today, so I won't worry you with any further notes, but look forward to hearing from you in the group comments. And with that, we have completed another book. Rock Hazak. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.